0: Welcome to the next episode of Cruise Talks. I'm your host, Just Cruise. In this episode, we're going to be talking about making it and the road to 100% permanent in total. Now, a lot of people don't understand the fact that the military, once you join it, They understand that they are entitling everybody to 100%. People don't understand that. People don't see that the military has the ability to pay you 100%. When you signed up and they picked you up and they said, yes, you are able to join our force. At the back end, they know that possibly this person may be receiving 100% permanent and total. Now... That's something that a lot of people don't understand. They just think that, hey, I don't deserve this or stuff like that. Every veteran deserves these benefits. Those are entitlements that you earned by serving. Now, some people dealt with different issues while they served, but it's a process to get to 100% permanent and total. Now, do I think everybody wants it? The compensation? Yes. Everybody wants the monetary compensation. But do you want to deal with the issues that you deal with? Probably not. So that's that's one thing that on that road, once you're in the military and you get out to get to 100 percent total. Yeah, you you get benefits. You get you get the VA benefits. There's there's tons of them. There's the chapter 35, which is for your family dependents to go there. You have depending on your state, each state has their own benefits and they range from free education to free hunting and um fishing licenses. You have no property tax on certain ones or some have yet that your retirement pay doesn't get taxed also. So there's different benefits in all of them. There's like about three states though that do not offer any benefits though. Um we'll we'll make sure to note those in a in a later episode. Because uh, that's one of the things we want to change and talk when it comes to me going to to school, graduate school for a public administration degree. I would like to work on policies and maybe trying to see if we can have something for veterans that we can make it that all the states at least have one guideline as to what they have. Now, once they add more to it, that's on the state. But I think there needs to be a federal guideline as to, hey, each state will at least give their veterans or entitle them to this if they're 100% permanent and total and yes if they were a veteran they're entitled to this also cuz i think serving this country is a it's a volunteering thing the people aren't drafted into people volunteered so if you volunteer to serve your country and you go to war or whatever the case there should be rewards to it not just hey you get um have price at Chili's on Veterans Day, or you get a little discount here uh, in certain stores. Some stores offer like a 10% discount. Some offer them only on select days. So that's something that I think across the board needs to change and it needs to be fixed. But on the road to permanent and total... You have to make sure that you have your stuff documented. You have to make sure that your medical records are straight. You have to make sure that your diagnoses are straight. Those are things that don't get looked into and people tend to forget. They fail to acknowledge or realize that your time in the military is your time in the military. Once you're out of the military, the military is not paying attention to you. Military is not paying attention to the fact that you need to do your um, yearly certification certifications which is like the cyber awareness on your computer to make sure that your account is still good nobody cares about you sometimes at the end at the back end of it the military don't care about you your unit is not going to call you unless it's your best buds doing that and some people go through issues some people deal with issues a lot of people like i said there's 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 a couple of episodes one with the good and one with the bad and this is just basically like the aftermath of it of just dealing with the va the va needs work as you can see now when we're recording this this is september 24th there's a couple of bills that have been going through congress right now that are being pushed to enhance and give more benefits to the military Veterans, at least um, the military is always going to have their funding, but benefits towards uh, veterans is, is coming out, especially now that you have a lot of veterans that are retiring or getting out of the military after serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. Hey, we were there for 20 years. So somebody could have spent their whole career while we were at war with Afghanistan. And that's a 20 year period. So those people are now retiring. And now those people are going through the issues that i went through and what many veterans go through when it comes to dealing with the va the va sometimes forgets to see things sometimes they have uh misprints or they have um best way of putting it is that they lose your stuff because one big thing was i got a letter basically stating hey the VA realized that your claims might have gone through an issue, which caused for them to not be received by the VA. And it was just like, I think it was like 75,000 veterans were dealing with this issue. Basically that they submitted a claim and then something within the system did not go as it should. So maybe something that they claimed was not placed in there at the correct time. But then it says, uh, don't worry, you don't have to contact us about us. We're conducting an investigation. But I haven't received any word saying why. I haven't heard anything saying why it happened or did it get fixed or nothing. It's just basically don't contact us. We just wanted to let you know. So that's something that when it comes to your medical records, you got to make sure you have them. Make sure you have that information because that's pertinent information to get you where you need to go. If you don't have that, that's going to cause some issues for you and you're not going to be able to move forward having a nexus letter is a big thing um luckily i didn't have to use it because most of my stuff was done within the year of me getting out so all my stuff it went off of my medical records while in service now you have people because i've had a lot of people reach out to me just asking like hey man how what did you do what did you file and stuff like that and i was just like for everybody it's different but the thing is is documentation isn't Having documentation is the biggest thing for everybody to be able to proceed or be able to have what they need. Because the thing is, is if you've been out of the military for like 10 years, there's nothing saying that within those 10 years, that's when you got injured or that's when you got hurt. That's when you went on a snowboarding trip and got hurt. Nobody knows that the VA don't know that there's nothing connecting it to it. But if you had issues while you were in service and you have that documented then they can serve it and then you can be like, hey, I had this and the thing has gotten worse this past 10 years. It happened during service, but it got worse over the past 10 years. And that's something you can claim. But sometimes the issue is, is that some people want to file disability claims, but they have no information to back it. So you can't say you're dealing with let's say, what, back issues, but you have nothing diagnosed, you haven't gone to an outside doctor and that outside doctor hasn't said anything about you being hurt, or you having a bulging disc, or you having slipping discs, or just like um, degenerative um, disc disease, if you don't have anything documented or anything showing that, it makes it more difficult for the VA to accept it. So if they can't accept it, they're looking at it as like, well, this person doesn't have any documentation. They're saying that they're hurt here, but yeah, we'll examine them, which will go into the CMP exam, but we're not connecting it to service. It's not gonna be stated as, yes, this happened during that time, or this is what happened. It's just gonna be like, no, no service connection. They just leave it at that. And hey, you're on your way. So now you gotta deal with an appeal To try to claim like hey this is the evidence and stuff like that but if you don't have no evidence it's hard to explain or showcase your claim if there's nothing backing it so a nexus letter is something that you need from a medical professional that medical professional will provide you the stuff you need it has to be a clear-cut statement from that professional that medical professional stating like hey I have diagnosed them with this ailment, with uh, depression, anxiety, bad back, muscle spasms, um, uh, knee issues, any musco- musculoskeletal issues. Those are things that you have to have that medical professional write in a letter basically saying like, yes, this is caused by his time in service due to the movement or doing this. And they have to connect it basically stating from their professional experience that the injury they have has gotten worse because they received it during the military and then it became worse or it's because of their service time the thing is is a lot of people don't get those letters and if they do get them they're not written well or they're not sure what they're supposed to be written in so, there is a, there's a, there's a ton of resources when it comes to finding out how you got to write that stuff and how you do it. But the thing is, is you got to make sure that your medical professional knows how to write it. Don't, don't be too medical. Uh, I guess that's the best way of saying it. Try to put it in the, in the most simplest terms for somebody that is not a medical professional to read it. Cause the VA doesn't hire nothing but doctors to do their VA rating. And that, I think, is one of the bigger issues that people don't understand is like, hey, if you don't have a medical professional saying that, but then you have a non-medical professional that's giving you the rating and reading over the stuff, that dude don't know what that doctor's talking about. If it's not in the simplest terms, he's going to be like, well, I don't understand what this says. It says it's service-connected, but I don't see with what he's saying it connects it not service connected. But of course you can appeal that. But the thing is, is you don't want to deal with that. Cause the thing is, is dealing with an appeal can take long, a long time. Cause basically for me, I submitted my stuff in December, got it back saying that it wasn't service connected. Mind you, I had physical therapy for a year and a half while dealing with that uh, ankle issue. And I still deal with the ankle issue to this day where sometimes it's just It doesn't want to work, best way of putting it. And that's something that it took me time. I had to file again in June. I I filed in December the first time. I got an answer in like mid March. Filed again in June when I went and I spoke to a VSO uh, from the American Legion. Shout out to the American Legion. which is one of many organizations that helps you when it comes to VA claims. So American Legion is one, that's who helped me, but there's tons of, there's tons of resources when it comes to that. There's actual lawyers, there's uh, accredited agents, which we're going to try to work on and get and get there so we can help, help veterans even, even better by actually knowing the benefits and knowing the ins and outs of it. So I can help people file claims and get their entitlements. But that's something with the Nexus letter. You want to have that information there. Now, people don't understand is, is you get examinated and you get checked for all this stuff. So you go to a what's called a CMP exam. Within these exams, you have a person that is most likely contracted. Sometimes it's through the VA, it's a VA hired person, and sometimes it's a contracted individual which is a medical professional, either they're a doctor or they're basically doctors, but they're hired through the VA in order to obtain information, basically. So they send you to this person. Sometimes you got to drive. Sometimes it's far. Sometimes it's not. Uh, for me, the examinations were done in Germany while I was there, while I was exiting. Cause I did the benefits um, delivery before discharge program. Uh, But for some outside of that, if you're claiming anything outside of the fact, outside of that window, you're going to be sent to somebody. Either it's going to be at a VA regional hospital or facility, or they're going to try to send you to somebody that's closer that they've contracted in order to see you. So for me, I was sent to a place that was maybe like a mile away from me, whereas the VA hospital to me or the VA building to me is like 45 miles away. So I was able to get something that was a mile away and they did the examination for me. So within the examinations, it's that professional asking you questions. Now, the questions are basically in part with what you're claiming. So basically, they will ask about all the different stuff that you claimed. So whether it's migraines, migraines. depression but depression they will send you to another um i believe it's a psychiatrist or a therapist and they will send you to them to have you evaluated through mental health issues so now like i said if you have your records and all that stuff or you've been diagnosed by a medical professional or, or a therapist or a psychiatrist and they basically write you that nexus letter like hey this person is writing it or is dealing with all these issues because of his time in service he has trauma because of this or he's suffering from ptsd from this issue while it was in service and they paint that picture and they connect it that's how you get those connections but that's the cmp exam for mental health which is on a different different side of it the cmp when it comes to all your other ailments it's like hey for migraines they're going to ask you to explain or they're going to ask you, like, hey, so how many times a week would you say you get migraines? You give your answer. Uh, how many times a month would you say that they, like, knock you out or you just can't function? You give an answer. So they'll notate that. It's like, oh, so how often do you get them? Do you take any medication for them? Um, if you have it in your records already, it's 10 times easier because then they can just verify, like, oh, this person was already given medication while it was in service and he dealt with this so yes service connected boom he has medication for it boom we got that taken care of so on to the next issue so now the next issue may be uh, shoulder injury uh the shoulder injury what's going to happen is they're going to ask for your range of motion so they're going to come out check you you are gonna see the range of motion and see how high how low you can go depending on what it is once you feel pain you're supposed to say hey i feel pain and you stop and they basically notate that stuff like that so they'll ask you when did this happen how did it happen um when did you deal with this injury how did you get this injury that that kind of information they'll jot that down and notate that Um, cause what they're gonna try to do with that is is what you say basically if you went to get seen for you went to a doctor or something, those that time frame should correspond to when you got that injury. So they're able to look it up through that time frame. Like, okay, I went in he went and got he said it was 2018 when he got injured. So they can go and check, and then if they look through the files, 2018, you should have something around that area because that's when you got hurt and it shows that. So You see that information and they have that that gets service connected now if you don't have anything showing or anything there it's like yeah this didn't happen there so there's no issue so we're not going to service connect it because we don't find any corresponding ailment or injury during this time frame or any documentation for it which like i said the biggest thing is documentation So, you're going to do the range of motion, you're going to continue with that, and that's going to be the main thing for anything that's musculoskeletal, which is any joints or anything like that, Um, and then also you get the presumptive ailments, and those are claims that you file that basically the army knows you're going to deal with it. So, like, let's say for tinnitus, most people deal with tinnitus, there's no way to record tinnitus, but if you do have hearing loss... They will send you to audiology and you will do the hearing test. The hearing test was different than the regular hearing test that you're used to, where it's just you're listening and pressing a button. So you're listening and pressing a button, but then you're also listening for words. And then you have to repeat said words. So with hearing loss, you don't hear the words the way they're supposed to be said. So you might hear something differently. And then from there, they'll evaluate that. And that goes to... um was it service connected or is it connected and from there if it's anything service connected it gets taken care of by the va so you don't have to go to an outside entity to take care of it the va will it's it's paid for basically as long as it's service connected um so that's 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 a major plus when it comes to it the other thing is is with cmp if it's not service connected doesn't get taken care of but you can always appeal the stuff as long as you have evidence or if you think that CMP examiner missed something. Like if you told them something and they didn't write it down or it's something in your file and they didn't look for it or they didn't see it, you can always appeal that. And that's the process. The other thing is going into once you've done all that, you've done your CMP exam. Now it's the waiting game. Now you're waiting on a decision letter. Once you get to this decision letter, it it changes everything. It's a, it's it's like it throws your anxiety even more because you're just waiting to find out what it is that you're gonna be rated. So you're just waiting, and like I said, for some people it could take a couple of months. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes it's a quick process. Sometimes it's a long process. But you'll end up getting that decision letter. And once you get that decision letter, sometimes you're gonna be upset. You're going to get upset because you're going to look at it and it's just going to say, not service-connected. Oh, this is connected, but this isn't. This should be connected, and you're just going to be baffled and confused and, like, angry, like, how how did they mess this up? How did they say it's not service-connected? When you look at it, that decision letter will have that information in there for you, and it will give you a breakdown as to why it was service-connected, so why it was denied or why it was approved as service-connected. Or not service connected when you see this that that's the information you need but like i said code of federal regulations title 38 chapter 4 that is your cheat sheet basically for the information you need to get in order to get what you need to get to it'll tell you what ailments it is what range of motion you have to have or shouldn't have and it tells you all the different stuff that you can claim Certain things you claim don't fall under a certain umbrella, I guess you can say of when it comes to the rating. So sometimes they attach it to something and sometimes they'll just say a service connected. Yeah, but we don't give you a rating for it because it's nothing that's rateable. So that's something also that people need to understand how you put that rating in there and you file from the beginning makes a big difference. So that's why I say always look out for a VSO or talk to a VSO american legion helped me out like i said there's the bfw there's um there's a ton of organizations that are out there some charge some don't the vso is usually free um and that's that's information you get and clarity that you get from people that have been doing this so they know what the issues are how the ins and outs work so you get that done and your decision letter is the big thing because it tells you like hey you weren't service-connected for this reason, or you were service-connected for this reason, and also, this is why you got this rating. So, you got a 10% rating for this reason. In order for you to get a 20% rating, it was, you have to meet this criteria. So, basically, the the letter tells you, like, what percentage you received, and why you received it, and what's the next level to get to that level, or why you didn't get that level. You didn't get that 20%, because your range of motion was better than this amount or something like that or the the case varies depending on the claim that you make but it will tell you why it was connected or why it was not connected so your decision letter is the most important thing you have a year after that to appeal anything on that so basically what you want to do is is if you do get denied something you want to go talk to somebody that knows or, or find more information or dig in Into your records, or get another Nexus letter to provide and show, like, hey, this issue did happen in the service, and this is why it should be connected. Now you could do a supplemental review, or you could do an appeal. There's different ways of doing it when it comes to an appeal. But best suggestion, like I say, is talk to a a a person that's been doing this for some time, so that they know what's going on and they've learned. And have the experience as compared to you just going at it and just claiming something and not being sure what it is you were supposed to be claiming. So your decision letter is one of the main factors. And that's something that it'll keep on showing you and it'll keep on telling you what you have to do and what you need for that next level for that uh, disability claim. Now, when it comes to the wrong way of doing this and getting to the road to 100 percent. It's, it's not a straight road. There's no one way to do it. It's multiple ways of doing it. To think that you have it all covered and stuff, you you might, and you still might not get 100% on that first shot. So that's something that people need to understand that there is a wrong way. And that's not doing your due diligence. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, if you don't get your medical records or your documentation or your imagery that you had or that nexus letter from that doctor saying that, yes, this is the reason why it happened. That will have a huge and large effect on your decision letter when you get your decision letter and then appealing afterwards. So that's one of the wrong ways. Another thing is just like, hey, you just fibbing and lying about this stuff like if you're fibbing and lying man you you ain't helping nobody but you ain't helping nobody it ain't even you helping yourself because you just lowering yourself to that extent that you have to lie to show or say that you were hurt where you have a lot of veterans that are actually hurt and dealing through stuff but here you are saying that you're hurt just because you want to get to 100 percent total and permanent um that's that's the big thing for me like a lot of people are bullshitting I'm not gonna lie, a lot of people bullshit bullshitting, and then there's a lot that do deal with stuff, and they don't say anything about it, and they don't even file a claim, so that's why there has to be, like, a across-the-board thing, hey, you have to file a disability claim, that's, that should be something, like, you get out the military, you should file a disability claim, because there's no way in hell anybody that served in the military comes out 100%, you should file a disability claim, something, tinnitus, Your ankle, your knee, your shoulder, elbow, arthritis in your hands, migraines, depression, is that something you got? There's no way every veteran that has served came out 100% without injuries. Now, like I said, the military and the service knows that they can afford 100% for everybody. But when you have people that don't believe they need it, or don't know their entitlements and don't know their benefits, they don't have to worry about paying 100% if they know, hey, so-and-so don't know about it. They're not going to claim it, so we don't have to worry about paying this person 100% if they're not worried about it, where the number is, I believe, 3 million. It's like close to 4 million, 3 million something out of 19 million veterans currently right now, and only 3 million of those have filed claims so you have a, another 16 million that have not filed claims now i'm not saying everybody's good to go which i don't think everybody's good to go i believe people have some issues they just don't know how to put it or didn't even realize it was an issue to claim but dealing with the military if you shooting weapons and stuff like that working in a motor pool stuff like that you probably might have hearing loss or you have ringing in your ear you might deal with depression you might deal with anxiety shit, trying to make sure you're in a certain location, right time, right place every single time in, in uniform that, that causes anxiety. And that's something that it takes some time to try to get rid of when you're on the outside, um, not in the military anymore. And you're trying to rush to get to places. And then you realize like, damn, I have time. I don't have to be there 15 minutes early or 15 minutes to the 15 minutes early of a location. So that's That's a big influence there, and that's and and that's that's something that people need to realize. we We need to help all veterans and let them know like, hey, file a disability claim. you're not you're not completely good, but these are the steps, and this is the way you have to do it. The wrong thing is to not file a claim that That's another wrong thing. It was just like if you're lying about it, you unprepared for it but not filing at all, that's another wrong thing because basically you're entitled and you have benefits that you're not taking advantage of or using that or entitled to you and you worked for and earned. And that's something you have to do. So on the road to 100% per- permanent and total, you have to make sure you're taking care of yourself, making sure you got your medical, you got your documentation right, you got your nexus letter if needed. You, you know what you're doing at the CMP exam and you're prepared you get your decision letter. And if you have to appeal or you have to use a supplemental review, you do that. If not, Oh, Hey, hopefully you get that hundred percent on that first try. Now, now a lot of people don't get that, but Hey, like I said, the wrong way is lying about it, not being prepared and not doing that. So and, and reach out to one of your organizations, Re- reach out to an organization around you, somebody's going to help you, there's VSOs located probably in every, I wouldn't say every city, but at least in a major city closer to wherever you're from, no matter where you're from in the states, there's a VSO around or you can contact or you can call, even if it's the, the state next door there's a VSO there and you can contact them. Hey, maybe you don't have to drive out to them and you can just email them, send them the information. It's better in person because then you can talk to them about the stuff, but that way you have your stuff prepared. So don't, don't, don't go on the wrong side of the road when it comes to filing and trying to become a hundred percent total and permanent or permanent and total. I mean, I always mix those up for some reason, but Keep that in mind. Keep those steps in mind and work on your 100% and your entitlements and your benefits. And that's all we have for this episode of Cruise Talks, where it was just like, hey, another way of letting people know and letting veterans know, like, hey, there is a road to 100%. You just have to do it the right way and not do it the wrong way. And that concludes our episodes. Hope to see you next time. I'm just Cruz. I'm signing out. Peace.